91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. That was Luther Johnson and the album called Tangled Up in Blues, Songs of Bob Dylan, the track Pledging My Time, and that was part of Tony Falco's playlist. All right, let's start this off officially and start off by saying you are tuned into Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. And right now, this hour, most of this hour, will be dedicated to paying tribute to Tony Falco. We've got some people calling in, and the first one today is Fern Frankie. Fern, are you there? I'm there. I'm here and there, Rita. I love that. Okay, we're good. We're wonderful. Um, Fern, oh my gosh. It's so nice to have you on air, and um, thank you for doing this, uh, your Falcon promotions, and um, yeah, you've you've been a behind-the-scenes kind of lady um, for Tony. And you've been with me every moment of the way, and you know, back 10 I, or 12 years. I gotta say, we've known each other I, about 12 years now, I think, and been to your place and had wonderful tea, remember all the radio commercials we wrote together, and... Um, just all the fun stuff. That was our monthly contract meeting. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And that was always so much fun. And Those uh, were the old days yeah. when media reps actually met with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And just getting to know you, getting to know Tony, I got to just tell you, the first time I walked into the Falcon, um, I, it was right after it opened at its current location. And um, yeah. it blew me away. Like, as soon as I walked in there, I was like, this feels really good. This feels like a <laughs> safe place. It feels like a really warm place. I ended up introducing myself to Tony, and um, we became friends, and um, obviously business. And vowed your loyalty from that moment from on. From that moment <laughs> on, Fern. Man, you know, you know, you know. You know, what I would love to tell you is my similar experience i want to know when you met tony well first i have to tell you let's go back to like the early spring i think march of 09 and uh, a friend who was poet uh had a gig kind of in between two musical acts at the old falcon which the falco kids called the building it was in the falco family's backyard still is and uh, I had never been there before, but I'd heard, you know, a little scuttlebutt here and there. So I went with a young journalist friend, and uh, and I would say somewhere between the two acts, she looked at me and said, Hey, Fernie, this ain't no open mic. <laughs> and I, in my own mind, I thought, this is the way it ought to be. Mm-hmm. You know, my skin crawled with excitement. I'm yes. like, who is this guy? Yeah. So as the crowd filed out, I, I just stopped a random woman, and I said, who, who is this guy? Is he in the business? And she said, uh, no, I think he's a hydrologist. <laughs> of course, if I had a cartoon thought bubble, it would have said, hydrologist? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so not too long after that, was, that was spring, so I, and I, I continued to go there and hear extraordinary musicians. This was off the grid. There wasn't even a, hardly a grid. There was no social media. You just had to be on Tony's email list. And, uh, and the, the shows could pop up at any time, you know, midweek, twice a month. <laughs> so uh, I had been friendly with the jazz singer, 
Judy Silvano. Mm-hmm. And she and her extraordinary Grammy Award-winning sax-playing husband, Joe Lovano, celebrated their anniversary every year with a huge party at their place in New Windsor. So I went, and picking up a plate of food and looking for a place to sit. There was a long table outdoors, and at the end of the long table was a guy with, you know, curly gray hair. And I said, you know, I, you're Tony Falco, aren't you? And he said, yeah, I am. And I said, I just want you to know the way you're doing it is the way it ought to be done. And he said, boy, I'm glad you said that because I, I want to open, you know, a commercial venue. I have no idea how to promote it. And I just put my hand in the air and said, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so wow. it pretty much moved on from there. Wow. Uh, Ju- Julie came over to the table. I met Julie. I, I even think the kids were there. I think Lee was there with a couple of his <coughs> band members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember the Chills was his band when he was a teenager. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, because it was Joe and Judy's place, there were extraordinary jams that went on all afternoon into the night. <sighs> with the greatest players in the world. Right, 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 right. So from that moment on, we began to meet. I returned to, this is the old and original Falcon, mm-hmm. for other performances, and Tony, uh, you know, approached me and said, let's, you know, let's start talking. And uh, I would say sometime between August '09 and the day we opened on November 27th, after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, that year, in '09. We met every week. We talked every other day. We met every week. We nagged media. I dealt with, as you know, radio reps said, this will never work. Mm -hmm. No cover, no tickets. This isn't going to work. But, you know, if you build it, they will come. They will come, and 13 years later, they still continue to come. That was my biggest takeaway from my first visit to the Falcon, which I remember, like, yesterday, walking in there saying, what, I don't need a ticket to be here? I can (laughs) pay what I can, and and what? You know, just like I'd never heard of anything like this Well, you know, even early on uh, in, in mine and Tony's first couple of meetings, uh, which could have been anywhere, you know. We'd meet at Delhi, or we'd meet at the at the Raccoon Saloon, and just spread papers everywhere. And uh, even at my house, because by this time we built a team. My friend Eleni, the late Eleni Kikis, was with us, uh, helping organize media. Uh, ono de Young was building a website, and uh, we had a number of meetings that way as well. And but early on, even I thought, you know, I winced a little. I said, "Are you sure, Tony? No, no cover, no tickets. Are you mm-hmm. sure?" Mm-hmm. And um, he finally said, "You know, one of those magical, simple Tony Falco things." He said, "You know, I try stuff, and it usually works out." Mm. Period. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, when I welcome people to the Falcon, you know, welcome to the idea that worked out. Yeah, a great, great way of putting that. And that continues to grow and grow. I mean, you know, you, you, you first had that beautiful room upstairs and, and the way that it was constructed with all these re- recycled, reusable parts. I mean, I remember he told me, he's like, Tony, your bar up here is like so cool. He's like, you know what that is, Rita? Yeah, it's an old shuffleboard. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, and, and just all of that. And then with the progress slowly starting a couple of years later of the underground ground 
like his vision just never stopped. And then, no, yeah, and yeah. then that little deck he built went into this whole thing. I mean, it just kept going. And I actually was, I, I arrived early one evening and he was sitting on a table on what was just the single deck, you know, outside over the water. Yeah. And he had a, a gridded uh, notepad. And he was drawing on it. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm thinking about more decks, <laughs> but they're going to they're gonna f- uh, be tucked into the gorge and follow the curve. Mm. I said, do we have to go to the DEC about this? We're going to need permits, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, it's only if you're challenged. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, oh. It only happens if you're challenged. <laughs> you know, and then who would have known years later COVID hit us and those decks were just perfect. Oh, they were that. a lifesaver. Yes. Not not merely for the Falcon. They were a lifesaver for people who needed to get out. Yes. Yes. And for musicians who needed to play out. New York City was still shut down. Yes. Yes. If you remember, we had Hosnoy and Anton Fig. Mike coming Stern up. kept showing Mike up. Mike Stern. I mean, um, you know, Tim Reese. Players. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary players that they need to play. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? they need to play for people. And it was so great that you were just like staggered. You felt so safe. I mean, I, I felt bad for everybody, all the servers that were there, the staff and the and the exercise that they got running up and yeah, down. Yeah, definitely putting on some miles. Yeah. And, and we knew that. And we, we needed a staff that uh, that was really willing yeah. to put in that muscle. But it kind of <laughs> seems like we were all in it together, you know, and, and that they needed to be around social people too and, and the musicians and the, the patrons that came and, and Tony well, and know, his family too, you that's know. That's the idea of any good venue is that you know, it is a production, and the players are everybody. Yeah. You know, the right. actors and players, they are the audience, yeah. they are the musicians, they are the staff. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody has to work together. You know, it's really quite a task to yes. pull all that together, meaning that the audience is the most special and the best you'll ever have. Treat them that way. The musicians are gold. Right. You know, right. their work, they are working. This is their work, and it's extraordinary work. Yes. Uh, the staff holds it all together, yep. holds it all together. You know, he used know. to say it's all about the vibe, and, and it truly is yeah. all about the vibe. And there's no place on planet Earth that I have yet to be that has that vibe. Um, quite the way that it is there at the Falcon. It is open and welcoming to anyone. Anyone. You know, uh, there's another story I should tell you. Please. To illustrate how important it was to Tony um, to maintain the intimacy of what had been the old Falcon, that sort of small concert hall listening room down the road. And that is that uh, when we first started working together, uh, I came up to the club and he put two chairs in the middle of the room. The room was filled with nothing but sawdust and tools. And he asked me to just look at the stage and feel it because he had taken it from 18 inches high. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. He had brought it down to 8 inches. So you'll know, and you know the stage well. You can step up and down it easy. It's mm-hmm. only 8 inches high. We spent an entire afternoon staring at it. <laughs> and I honestly can't remember mm-hmm. 
if I was there for the before and the after, both or one. I, I don't really remember. But I do remember having two seats in the middle of a big, dirty room and him asking me to just look at the stage and feel it. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful. And, you know, he knew that was going to be there for a really long time. So, um, like, yeah, like you said, right. yeah, he usually did things the right way. And, um, and, and maintain yeah. the intimacy, yeah. you know, of a good listening room. Yeah. 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 I loved his introductions. Um, and Lee, Lee, my goodness, he's just the apple, you know, that fell right from that tree, um, doing it that same yeah. way. And um, it's just beautiful, the support that the, the, Tony believed in all the arts and supporting the visual artists. And look at the beautiful artwork that is there on a rotating basis now. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. all very important to him, but it started in that, you know, little concert hall in a kind of a barn-type building. In, in the backyard, backyard of his house. Which is now the building records. Yes, yeah. A recording uh, yeah. A recording studio. What a legacy and what a life yeah. lived this man. Um, I Yeah, next year we're going to do this on the, on Tony, like right around Tony's birthday. This year we're doing it. We know the anniversary is Friday. And uh, it, for me personally, yes. it's going to always be one of those days when I heard the news, I knew where I was and exactly where it was, you know, so. As did I. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Fern, you are such an integral part of the Falcon and, and people don't really see you out there. You're like behind the scenes, but you've, d- you've done their website for many, many years. Um, I, I have to thank you for so many of the guests I've had on my show because of your connection. Yeah, we did. We did a little work on that, didn't we? We did. We did. And you also helped me when I got my show with my logo on my Facebook page. And, That's um, true. That was fun. That yeah. was fun being a part of getting your... Uh your package up and running. Getting it up and running, yeah. But you are, you know, you're a behind-the-scenes lady, but you are so vital and so important. And you've done so much good in helping Tony promote that beautiful venue and getting it off right from the beginning to the right start. And, you know, dealing with media people isn't easy, you know. And, well, um, it's gotten easier through the years, but I will say COVID uh, made a huge change sure. in media. You know, many, many people left their positions or changed positions. So dealing with traditional media anymore is quite, quite different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And we absolutely. almost have to rely on uh, on social media. Yeah. Of course, you'll see we had a new website. It's not uh, the one we've been using for many years. Uh, that I had changed through the years, but Lee has built a new website. Yes, yes, and it looks fantastic. It's fresh, it's modern, and um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's live at thefalcon.com, and Fern, you're doing the promotions. You have so many connections to the musicians. You help with Tony with booking them and getting, you know, details sorted out and all of that, and again, many of the guests I've had. Yeah, not in the shadows with those guys. No, 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 100% (laughs) not, and I think when I posted on Facebook the other day that somebody um um i said you know my guests that are going to be there and i said fern will be the first guest calling in i'm going to look for the exact wording somebody said this and you'll know him it was big joe fitz big joe fitz big joe (laughs) fitz yeah something like uh, I didn't. I didn't screenshot that, but something like uh, it's going to be, you know, great to have Fern on there. Most people don't know her, and um, what a vital part you are to to the Falcon. Oh, thank you, thank you to you and to Joe, 
and to those who follow me today, all right, my good friends, uh, both Sidney Cash, the artist, and the uh, extraordinary player, Scott Sherrard. Yeah. Do you have any final words you want to say about Tony or anything? You know, I I think something that really, really, really tied it up was uh, we had only been open nine weeks. It was February of 2010. Fred Hirsch came to play, and the New York Times mm. did a story on it. And I was so thrilled that they said, because of one man's hospitality, uh, he has created, you know, through one man's hospitality, he has created an intimate venue for top-tier musicians. Mm. And who could say more than that? That's mm. exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. And that's exactly who we wanted in the room, you know, he even put on a jacket that night, I remember, <laughs> there, because the, the photographer from the New York Times was coming. He said, does this look all right? I said, well, the buttons are falling off. Oh, my gosh. I Fern, think I'll get away with when it. When the jacket came out, you know it was something special. I remember remember Pat Metheny being there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we? We squeezed him in two nights in a row, two shows a night. Yeah, and the jacket was on the whole time, and every time oh, Tony... He pulled that jacket out, boy. You know he, yeah. No, I don't know that he ever got the button sound back on. I hope not. I hope he never did. (laughs) It was just true character. Anyway, I think that quote from the Times says it all, and the fact that Tony, you know, says stuff like, you know, I sometimes I have ideas, I try stuff, it usually works out. Period. Yeah. 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 Fern, I love you. Thank you. I love you right back. Thank gotcha. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You. All my love to, uh, to Sydney. It sounds and to Scott good. as well. Stay tuned. All right. We'll all right. talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye, Rita. Bye-bye. 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Fern Frankie, Falcons Promotions. She's like you just heard, was with Tony from the start. We are doing a tribute this hour to the man himself, Tony Falco. And... Um, I'm going to play another track, and then we're going to speak to a friend of Tony, who is also a world-renowned visual artist, and um, yeah, feels good to remember Tony. We always need to. So I'm going to play a track. This one's also off Tony Falco's playlist. It's by Guy Clark. Let's take a listen, and then Sydney Cash will be on the phone with us here. 91.3 WVKR. I had a dime For every bad time But the bad times Always seem to keep the change You've been all alone So you know what I'm saying And when all you can recall Just you wait until tomorrow when you wake up with me at your side and find I hadn't lied about nothing. And I wouldn't trade a dream for the way I feel about you in the morning. 
WVKR from Tony Falco's playlist. The artist is Guy Clark, the album Texas Cookin', and the track Anyhow I Love You with Emmy Lou Harris, Wallen Jennings, and Rodney Crowell. Let's get today's second guest on air. Sydney? Yes, I'm here. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. I just want to tell the audience that you are uh, quite the uh, visual artist. You've had a diverse experimental career with glass, with mirror, with painting. You have museum collections that are in, in Museum of Modern Art in New York, the Philadelphia Museum of Modern Art in Paris. You're also a resident of Marlboro and had a really long-time friendship with Tony Falco. The first time I personally heard of you was when your art was at the Falcon. So I first thank you for being here today. I know how much Tony meant to you, and um, it's an honor having you here to talk about him. How did you meet Tony? When did you meet Tony? Well, our children in elementary school, our children were friends. Nice. And that was the, the 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 thing that brought us together. There were uh, there was a group of very creative children, and the parents became a, uh, a a group of friends because there were all kinds of interesting projects that our kids were involved with together. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And and at at some point uh, after uh, when Tony 
put the chills together. Uh, my son Elliot was in that band along with Lee and some of the other kids. Oh, school. that's great. That's great. Yeah, the chills. What a famous youth band that was in the day. And it was such fun for all the parents to, you know, on you know, Saturday and Sunday, every other week, it seemed like they were performing. They they had over 100 performances in the Hudson Valley. Wow. And, wow. And, and I was involved with getting a T-shirt made, and I'd be the guy who would be hustling the T-shirts at the events. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, beautiful, beautiful. You, of course, must have been at the house concert that he had at the what's known now as the building, right? You were there for yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did yeah. you... And th- you know what was... Yeah. Go ahead. I, we loved it. It was... It, beca- it became like glue for the community. Right. Uh, people people loved it. And there was, what was very special is if you had kids, you could bring your kids because on the lower floor in the basement of that building, there were... Things for kids. There was a ping pong table, pool table, games. Uh, the kids could play outside. There was a basketball uh, court right outside, and so it was like you didn't have to get a babysitter. Right. You just took your kids to the concert, and sometimes the kids loved the music, right. which was even better. Even better. Wow. Wow. Great memories. What did you think when he said to you, "He's opening up a venue." For the public, um, I was wondering how it was going to go. <laughs> uh, I I I knew that space, and I thought it was a great space. Um, the guy who owned it before Tony Carmen, who was did kitchen cabinets and stuff, had had was a good guy, and he had done our kitchen at one point when we moved into this house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I knew there was a lot of good space there and, and, uh, he, he had the, he had a trust in, in the world and in, in the, in, if you do something and your heart's in the right place, everything will be okay. Mm. Yeah. I'll go with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you have also done a beautiful piece of art for him. Talk to me about this as a memorial. Tell us about what you did for him in the town of Marlboro, the um, the town hall. Oh, um, I felt like I wanted that there needed to be some kind of memorial for Tony, and uh, I approached the town hall, the town uh, council, um, to see if we could, if they would support me building something, making something in the town hall. Uh, I brought in some samples of what I thought it might be, and they were all for it. Mm. Um, these Everybody in town it, loved him in some way. Even if they had po- political disagreements with him, he was the guy who set up uh, music in the park, so that families on Friday night could come with their fam- their kids, and they could have a picnic spread, and they, they could listen to music. And it was all free. Mm. And uh, even if it was in competition with the Falcon, there was he, he was looking out for the town, and uh, the the people who were the politicians understood that, and they they loved him for it. Right. 
you know. And so they said, sure, let's do it. And uh, I went through a couple of iterations of what it was going to be because the first one seemed too big, the second one was too little, and the third one was just right. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and, and everybody's been really happy with it. And um, there's even a book that you can sign and you can leave a note about Tony of your relationship with Tony. Um, and so I'm, 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 I felt like I, I wanted to do something for him and, and, and for the town. Right, right. And tell us exactly where this is if people want to stop by during business hours. Where exactly do they go? This is in the Marlboro Town Hall, mm-hmm. and it's in Milton. There is Milton and Marlboro are towns in the in the bigger Marlboro town, um, and is, so if you going down nine W, there's a Stewart's um, on the east side yep. of this of the road, and if you turn on at that point, you go down about uh, maybe three hundred feet. And on your right is the town hall in what used to be um, an elementary school. You can walk in the front door. Um, that memorial is in the in the front hall, and I'm really happy because in some of the showcases there, there are memorials to the farmers mm-hmm. of Marlboro. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it was an, an appropriate space and with the right people, the right. people who were feeding us and the people who are nourishing our souls. Right. And we would be remiss to not to talk about the Marlboro Nature Trail that Tony also yes. came up with during COVID. He had this idea that there was, a, there was a place that could be mapped out because he had been walking it, and he ended up working with a, Roger, who worked for Tony for a long time, a Jamaican guy who was who was the guy who built so much of the Falcon, mm-hmm. and they went through the woods, uh, clear cutting <laughs> and making a beautiful trail, so you can go down to the river right. from from Nine W. Yeah, yeah. It, it's right across the street from St. Mary's Church. Yeah, you can the park in the line. lot there, right, and just walk down the yeah. trail. It's called the Marlboro Nature Trail. Um, I hope they put his name on there too, like somehow. Well, he doesn't want his name on it. I know. That's what I understood. I know. And I don't think I. And Julie said something about that, I believe. And I don't think it, I think it, there. Everybody's following. It. Tony's wishes about that. Right, right. No, and that makes sense. Of course, need to honor him. Well, I know you guys were, you and, and Tony were longtime friends. He, he, when I marveled at your, your artwork that was part of the Falcon exhibition, early, early days of its opening, he was telling me about you and your artistry and um, how much he just admired your art. And um, yeah, so there's still some of it in the bar area, right? Isn't that you with the glass in the bar area? In in the bar area, there are a couple of light sculptures that I did. Yes. Uh, that are uh, in the wall opposite the bar. And uh, about six years ago, seven years ago, I did a project where I started installing light sculptures in the back of the stage. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so the whole ba- at one point the whole back was covered with a lot of sculptures, and 
I didn't realize it at first, but the um, sockets on the stage were connected to sliders uh, in the control booth back in the in the back of the uh, Falcon. Yeah, and so you could control the lights from light to dark. And what often would happen, what we started doing, uh, me, Tony, Lee, when we were working them. We would it would become like the fourth musician mm. on the stage. Mm. It would respond to the music, mm. and it was such fun, and it was so fresh and surprising. And even if we didn't control it all the time, you could set it to something that seemed meaningful to the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It was it was it was really lovely. And uh, I just talked to Lee, and uh, we may be. In reinstalling that next year. Oh, wow. I, I sure hope so. That sounds terrific. It yeah. was so beautiful when you had that work there on the stage. And I'm always reminded, obviously, of your work when you're at the bar area also. Sydney, he was all about supporting living artists and uh, visual arts and musicians. And you were a, you meant a lot to him. I know you guys were good friends. And, um, and thank you for, for being here today and talking a little bit. Do you want to leave us with a memory that you have of Tony? I know uh, you have many. He was, he was always so generous with everybody, especially creative people. Uh, when I would have a show in New York City, he would often want to go and help me with the installation. And he we would use his vehicle, load everything up, drive down for a day, bring the stuff into the gallery and he and I and another friend in New York would set up a show down there. Mm. And he wanted to know how the art world worked. He yeah. wanted the access to it. He wanted to to understand it better. And it's it served him well. He he became like um one of the people who had the eyes to see what was going to be exhibited yeah. in in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. Yeah, he was a visionary for sure, for sure, a hundred percent. Thank you, Sydney, for your time here. Thank and you, Rita. You are terrific. Keep doing what you're doing because you're making the world a better place with your beautiful art. We need that, and uh, more than ever. And thank you for your time on the show here today, Sydney. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye bye. 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York, visual artist Sidney Cash, longtime friend of Tony Falco's, also a Marlboro resident. And um, let's play more music from Tony Falco's playlist. This one's by the Jayhawks. And then we'll be talking with musician Scott Sherrard. 91.3 WVKR.
WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. We are awaiting the phone call of Scott Sherrard. So in the meantime, during this tribute to Tony Falco, I'm just going to read some comments of people when I posted we were doing this tribute. Jack said he is missed by all who ever knew him. Dan We miss you so much, Tony. You were the best. What an amazing life lived and legacy you left for us all to marvel at and appreciate. Mindy, wow, a year has passed. We have performed several times and we love Tony, as do all who knew him. Brock says, what a a treasure Tony is, was, and continues to be. His legacy will go on and on. Andy says, a man who followed his vision. He was a great spirit, says Tink. Rebecca says, thank you for sharing this picture of Tony. I still can't believe he's gone. Beautiful photo, so greatly missed, says Lucy. Rob says, miss you, Tony. Noel says, it is still hard imagining the world without Tony Falco. Joe says, Tony was the best. I believe Scott is calling in, so let's get him on the line. Scott? Hey, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll be on air in a sec. All right, and let's get Scott. 
Scott, are you there? Yes, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for your time here today. I appreciate it. And uh, it's quite an hour. We've talked to two other guests already about our beautiful Tony Falco as we do this tribute hour to our beloved Tony. Tell me about your first meeting with Tony and how you met him. Uh, I remember, you know, meeting Tony with Jay Collins. Um, And it it was very interesting because I think he had recently moved from the original space at his house down the road to the Falcon that we all know now. Right. Um, I don't think he'd been there that long. So this must have been about, I don't know, 2010, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been open. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, you Mm -hmm. know, is somewhere in in that region. And... You know, I I remember it was the Jay Collins band that used to be called the Kings County Band because we actually all used to live in Brooklyn. This was like 2010 was the year I actually moved to Saugerties and started renting a house. So I was a I was a new resident of the Hudson Valley. It had become my adopted home at the time, and uh, I loved it for so many years. And when I met Tony, there was this particular time in the Hudson Valley. That that 2010 2011 when I was lucky enough to live up there, where Levon Helm was still with us, the Rambles were going strong, and there were some great places to play. And the two big ones were really the Falcon and Keegan Ailes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy Wolf also passed away in recent years. Yes, um, and and Tommy Keegan as well. And and they had a whole really amazing thing going on. And you know we really. Right away, when I met Tony, I knew that he was someone different. I knew he wasn't a club owner. Um, And honestly, it seemed to me like he had a vision that was almost naive to me at first. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, Tony and I didn't, we didn't necessarily hit it off right away. He loved Jay, and he definitely was a huge fan of Levon and the Levon scene. And, um... You know, I felt like, you know, I, I was trying to kind of get in there and play more with my own band, and it was took him a while to warm up to me. But then, uh, like so many people who have that uh, thing about them in the music business in particular, I started to realize that Tony was a tastemaker, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, was, he was playing it close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are always the people that have become the most, influential in my life and tony was no exception i mean that place became a home for uh what at the time i called the brickyard scott gerard and the brickyard band and uh some of my favorite shows i've ever played ended up becoming on that in in that space and tony became a huge supporter of my music yeah and um it was just it became this we used to call it our clubhouse, you know, because we he would book me there four or five times a year for a few years. Mm-hmm. So we'd come in every season, you know, with a new set. And mostly this is with the Brickyard Band, although we did it with the CKS Band, with Randy Charlanti and Bruce Katz. I did a bunch more gigs there with Jay, of course. Um, you know, some fun different iterations. And then the other person I met, by the way, on that first meeting was, was his son, Lee, uh, who was you know, obviously in his early teens at the time and was doing sound, which of course at first we were like, we're professionals. We shouldn't have a kid (laughs) doing sound. And then we realized, you know, he's, 
he's actually, you know, not only really cool, but really talented and, and really respectful and into the music. And of course we all know, uh, what, you know, who Lee became, uh, as a musician and as a man. And it's just, I'm, I'm so proud of, I'm so proud of him and, and, and Connor Kennedy. And, um, you know, eventually I got to meet Will Bryant and Brandon Morrison. Um, and, you know, we're all a product of the Falcon. When you talk about those sort of, I guess that's two generations of Hudson Valley area, New York City area musicians who really um, grew to love each other. And, and I feel like as we were very lucky, you know, Jay and I and the Brickyard Band guys and, and the guys from the city, as we were known, we were very lucky to mentor, uh, you know, to an extent during that time, at least Lee and Connor for those first couple of years, right. um, you know, and I, Tony made that all possible. So it's a, it's a very, it's a huge question because I mean, how do you put a value on somebody who creates a community and creates a family? Um, there's no value on that. I mean, this is not a business that he did. I mean, no. it's uh he created a community. Yeah. And, and um, his motto valuable his music. Absolutely. His motto of supporting living artists is is you can see it. The visual art, the musicians, every single Scott. I've done 340 shows here. I've talked to over 300 different musicians. Everyone that's ever played at the Falcon, as far as a musician is concerned, absolutely raves about that place and the hospitality that you are given and the respect that you as musicians are given there. And I'm guessing you who traveled now part of Little Feet, you were with Greg Allman for a decade. You don't see that everywhere you go, I'm guessing. Oh, no. I mean, it's, uh, I think it, it used to be, you know, it certainly was more common in the 60s and 70s. I mean, Tony and I used to always talk about Bill Graham. You know, that mm-hmm. was like his, his, uh, his hero. And obviously, you know, Bill was, the massive success at the, at the time of our great musical Renaissance here in America, uh, you know, the founder of the Fillmore East and West. And then eventually he became a major, uh, concert promoter before he was tragically killed in a plane crash. Yep. Uh, I believe it was in the eighties. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Helicopter. 90s, I can't remember. Helicopter crash. Helicopter. Yeah. So the, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, that the Bill Grahams are, are really, they're the ones who, who, who make the difference because, you know, Bill Graham was the guy who gave so many people, but I, one I can tell you in particular is the Allman brothers. Um, everyone knows the live at the Fillmore East record, but there, there was a buildup to making that record of a couple years of playing gigs there regularly and him giving them a shot over and over again when no one else would in New York. Right. Um, and that's kind of, you know, Tony, figured out a way to do his own version of that um, in the Hudson Valley. And, you know, there was also the, the format of, you know, the, do- the donation format. That was something very interesting at the time. It was, there were other barn gigs that were popping up that were donation-based before Tony, but Tony's had the most, in the area at least, had the most cultivated following of music lovers and they were always generous. So bands could always count on walking out with a decent, you know, payday yep. um, to come up from the city. And that's why you saw so many 
you know, not just my band and Jay's band from, from the city, you know, obviously I, I lived up there for two years at first and I ended up moving back to Harlem, but, uh, you know, Bill Sims, you know, would often come up, uh, even though he had a house in the Hudson Valley, he mostly lived in Queens and he would, you know, come up from the city, he'd bring a band from the city up there of, you know, we have the quote unquote local scene in New York city, which is, you know, really some of the best musicians in the world. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Somehow, you know, Tony's formula of this donation thing uh, allowed enough of a budget for those musicians to get in a car or uh, even hop on the train in some cases. And, you know, Tony or Lee would pick them up from the train station. Um, they always had great backline there of amplifiers. You know, it was always amazing to me that Tony had the B3 organ well maintained, which is like my favorite instrument. Um, really? And, uh, mm hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, for, for rock and roll, there's nothing like putting that B3 with the spinning Leslie cabinet on there. That's that's the sound, you oh. know, and it's, yeah. you don't find that in many venues anywhere. I, I mean, even, you know, high-end venues, you have to bring in a B3 organ from SIR. You know, it's very, it's very unusual to have a well-maintained organ in a space like that. Right, and a beautiful piano to boot, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. That's, that's really what, you know, he, he rolled out the red carpet for artists, um, and the format was not a was not a ticketed format, which was very unique. It is very, um, you know, it's very it's a very utopian vision. I mean, it's it's like, it's like a it's like a musical potluck. But it worked. Um, it works. It still works. Particularly, yeah, and I and I think I was really, you know, I I was heartened, you know, to see that we has a. Uh, has has jumped in you know to man the ship when he can uh when he's not out there making music and uh my good friend danny melnick who's who's a real tastemaker mm -hmm. uh has been bringing acts in there yeah the, well. sun, the sunday night jazz coalition which has been some of the best jazz artists out there i was just there sunday night and um Wow, Wallace Roney Jr. was there. I mean, they've just, it's a, quite a lineup that, um, yeah, so Lee's definitely getting some great help with Danny with the, the Jazz Coalition series. And um, yeah, yeah. I, Scott, I've seen you at the Falcon. That's where I first became privy to you. And I can't, I countless times, countless, I can't count them how many times. And um, each and every time in awe of um, your musicianship and all of that. And you've always talked so nicely about Tony. So I just want to thank you for taking the time here to be here today. By the way, just personal note, you kicked ass at the Little Feet show at UPAC um, last month. That was just so damn good. And Oh, thank you. Uh, that, that crowd was wild, man. I, I tell you, it was, uh, <laughs> I was really happy that Kingston came through with, with the heat. Yeah. That was a crazy crowd, man. Yeah. We um, we're having so much fun. I mean, there's a you know there's a lot of stuff that's going on there. I should mention. I'd be remiss too if I didn't mention that I have uh, one show at the Falcon before the year's over. Talk about it's it. Saturday, Saturday, November nineteenth. I'll actually be playing there with a very special conglomeration of uh, musicians. Tony oh. Leone will be on drums from oh. Little Feet, oh. um, and it Jay Collins. And Stephen Bernstein um, will be on horns from the Midnight Ramble Band, and they, we also played together in Little Feet. Uh, and then I think there's a... I, I'm not sure, actually, who else is on the gig. This is a bit of a... It's going to be a grab bag kind of jam session where we're all going to take turns singing and playing. Yeah. Um, Man. So Saturday, November 19th, it's going to be kind of a... 
in a way, it's kind of a celebration of all the all the different uh, band leaders who've come through the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The nice thing is that's going to sell out. So people, if you're listening, you better make a reservation quick. Uh, live at thefalcon.com. And um, yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, well, listen, Scott, it's a pleasure. I will have you on again soon. You're always a great person to talk to. Your knowledge of music is so vast and your musicianship is just world class. And thanks for making the world a better place with your music and um any last word you'd like to say about tony before my next guest calls well thank you for all those kind words Rhea. it's very nice of you um it's it's a great it's a great thing that we met at the falcon you know i've made a lot of friendships and connections with listeners there and that's that's the most important thing that we need to remember about tony falco and about this musical institution he started and and as you so said so well is is still going strong and we've got lee falco and we've got danny melnick um who are just two extraordinary people extraordinarily talented and great human beings who are uh helping out and we're all trying to help out as musicians and and fans and obviously we're all coming back from um the the pandemic live music shutdowns we're still all recovering from that and i'm sure that this venue is recovering from that as well so um you know we've got to do it together so and i'm sure anyone who listens to your show is a big fan of music rita because you you are definitely a huge supporter of what we do and we're we're so grateful for it oh my gosh i always say to people if they want to know how to honor tony i tell them to go to the falcon make a reservation have a meal tip the musicians and just go there and that is what Tony would want us to do. we got to keep it going. So thank you for all you Absolutely. do, Scott. I'll talk to you soon, and I'll see you soon. I appreciate your time, as always. Thank you. All right, Rita. Have a good day. You Thanks. too. Thanks. Bye. 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. That was guitarist Scott Sherrard, who's currently with the band Little Feet, also spent about a decade with Greg Allman. And as you heard him mention, he'll be playing along with Jay Collins at the Falcon Saturday, November 19th. I'm going to play one more track from Tony's playlist, and then we have Stephen Clare calling in, and we'll spend some time talking to him and spinning his music. All right. 91.3. WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie. This is from Tony's Playlist. There are places I remember Living in my 
91.3 WVKR Independent Radio Poughkeepsie, New York. That was another track from Tony Falco's playlist, In My Life, of course, The Beatles Remastered, 62 to 69. Let's get the next guest on the phone. Stephen? Oops. Stephen? Yes. Yes, okay, good. Heart skipped a beat there for a second. Um, right, I heard that little blip. <laughs> I was like, no, what did I do? Um, thanks for your time here today, Stephen. I appreciate yeah. it. I've been playing your new CD, To the Trees, and lots oh. to talk about with that. Um, but because the last yeah. hour was just spent as a tribute to Tony Falco, I'd like to just ask you to say a few oh, words. Man. I mean, could I feel any more honored to be on this particular show with you oh. after, you know, listening to um, folks like Fern um, and Scott talk about Tony and, you know, uh, it's, I mean, I guess every you know, everybody in the music scene around here has been touched by him in some way. And I was thinking about how you know, early on, well, I moved here in 2007 from the city. Mm-hmm. And um, as you know, because I met you not long after that, um, I uh, I kind of, I had been like a touring singer-songwriter, mostly traveling around the country solo um, until we moved up here. And then we had, you know, we had a small child and then eventually another child. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I kind of put the brakes on being a on my own musical career mm-hmm. when we were first here. And that's why I started like putting on shows, um, in Beacon. Um, I was craving it and I saw a real need for it. Um, you know, and eventually that all led to like Beacon Riverfest and doing that for six years. Um, I remember that. That was I, some great music yeah. there. Yeah. The Beacon yeah. River for us on the beautiful park there overlooking the Hudson right, River. Right. Yeah. No, that was some great stuff that you did there. Yeah, and, like, Tony was definitely inspiring to me because I had known about him and known about the Falcon before, you know, when it was still the barn, um, just from mutual musician friends in the city and in Brooklyn who came up here to play there back way back when. Um, And the thing that inspired me so much about Tony was the fact that he had cultivated this audience because they trusted him. And... I was I had kind of set out to do that in Beacon too when I was like putting on shows in like random restaurants and galleries in the Howland Cultural Center. I I was bringing music to Beacon. This is like in two thousand eight, nine, ten. Um, I was bringing music to the Beacon that I knew was great and that I thought was great, but nobody here would have heard of it. So I really had to hope that I would kind of build an audience that would trust me, and. Um, you know, I figured that out kind of watching him, <laughs> frankly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a unique place that um, that Tony had there. Um, you, Stephen, have done so much for music in the Hudson Valley yourself, as you just mentioned, years of the Beacon River Fest. And now we also have to say, Beacon Music Factory. Hello. I, right. I mean, right. when did that open? Tell me about your concept for It'll that. It'll be 11 years. Wow. It'll be 11 years in January. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah. I remember so walking I opened, in when you first had it, and I was like, oh, my God, what yeah. a great idea this is. And you got this, yeah. Talk to me all was about that in it. in the beginning? Yes. Like, 
in the, when we were in a church basement? Yes, off Liberty wow, Street yeah. there in Beacon. Wow, yeah. Where? I mean, so we're we're now in, you know, our final location. <laughs> we, you know, we now own the building we're in. And Beautiful. It's a, you know, it's a much more full-fledged operation, you know. And it's definitely been the little music school that could. And we, you know, we we offer lessons and classes pretty much every instrument you could think of um and as you know like our adult rock camp program has always been kind of like our number one big recognizable force in the community here um and that's amazing you know so um, much fun so you, it's, <laughs> yeah. this is not um, just for kids people this is not just for kids right? right the majority of our students are adults love it and it's been that way you know and that's kind of our niche and yeah it's, yeah. it's really great. And yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's well-worn enough now, and I've been running the show here enough now that, you know, it's, uh, and simultaneously I've managed to, like, kick back into gear and, like, make records and tour and play gigs. And so Beacon Music Factory gets to be, you know, my side hustle. I love know? that. I love that. People should check out your website. It's very cool if you're in that area. Just check out beaconmusicfactory.com. You do lessons and workshops and classes and all ages. You've got songwriting classes. It's just, it's a really good thing that you have going on there. So kudos yeah, and bravo thanks. to you for doing that. Um, now, your latest ninth, your latest release, your ninth full-length record called To the Trees. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Start from the beginning, the concept of it. Tell me everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I had gone to visit Lee at the building. When did I uh, made this record last year? Um, that spring, and I had this idea that, like, the building, the building meaning the studio that Lee Falco and Will and Brandon kind of run together um, in Marlboro. Uh, I'd gone there to talk to him to kind of have another look at the space because I was thinking of doing this kind of, like, live large ensemble um, album. And, and, then, and then I found myself... Just a minute later, like a month or six weeks later, I, I was <laughs> I completely shifted gears and I, I was looking at this group of songs that I was writing that were very uh, different for me. They were really, really personal um, kind of set of songs, um, all about kind of like change and embracing it, and you know, most of that having to do with like being now the parent of like two teenagers in high school mm-hmm. um, and, and, and all of the things that that means and one, you know, all the things that you know, to have to grapple with and, you know, get behind and, you know, it's also bittersweet and all that. And you know it, I know, you know, it. I know. Um, it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden I was feeling this urgency to record these songs, the songs that ended up on this record. And I felt like, that trio of gentlemen I just mentioned, I felt like they would, they were kind of like the, the go-to people for me. You, in you my know, mind. I always call um, them the wrecking crew, the Hudson Valley wrecking crew. Right. Right. Yeah. They did. And that, I think is a legitimately okay thing to call it. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. I'm here, here. <laughs> um, so I, I turned around and presented that to Lee and he was like, okay, let's do it. And we did it. And it was, it was, 
it was it was fast and seamless and beautiful and easy and um they got it and they knew just what to do at every turn and i mean those guys i'm sure you've had people on your show talk about recording with them but to record with them um it's like they share a brain when they're in the studio mm. and cuz they the three of them move seamlessly like from being behind the controls to also playing in the room like it doesn't really matter who's back there you know operating pro tools you know cuz they kind of like free float around the space and like something i'd never experienced before i experienced with them which still astounds me is that often when we would track overdubs there would be multiple people tracking overdubs at once. Wow. And just the the skill level, it's the fact that they have both skill level and sensitivity and awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a rare, uh, a, a rare, it's um, super rare. Yeah. And it's really special what they have. And I'm glad I got to, that it just worked out that I made this record with them. Right, right. And you just released this record May 20th, so this is a brand new release, stephenclair.com, and it's Stephen with a P-H, Claire.com. We're definitely going to play a few tracks off this. Is it true that you write a song every day, Stephen? I'm doing that this month. I do write a couple of, two songs a week. Wow. And we can talk I'm crazy about songwriting, and and I teach songwriting, and it's my favorite thing to teach and to talk about. Um, But I belong to a couple of what we call song games with some groups of songwriters who are scattered across the country where somebody will send out a prompt once a week, like a two- or three-word phrase. That's it. Like, um, what I don't know. And then write a song around that. (laughs) And then you have to write a song and incorporate that phrase and record it, uh, you know, like a voice memo on your phone, and send it back to the group, you know, within a week. Oh. And so I'm involved in two of those. Plus, like a crazy person, I'm doing Songtober once again this month. So last what is that? year I did this because... <laughs> so there's something called Inktober, where, um, which is for visual artists. And Inktober is a set of 31 prompts, one word only, um, each day. So like there's a different word for each day of October and illustrators and artists will like make a drawing based on that one word. Um, and I think Inktober has been going around for going on for some number of years. Well, some songwriter friends, um, adopted it, re, you know, adopted those prompts to do Songtober. So now the folks, I, uh, I know a handful of folks who are also doing this while I'm doing it, um, is, we're taking the same one-word prompts each day and writing a song. Wow! And the thing that, like, the thing, the real commitment is you have to write the song and film yourself playing it and post it on Instagram. Oh wow! So it's, it's not like you're just saying, "Oh, I wrote a song." Right? No, you have <laughs> to prove that you're you wrote a song. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah. throwing but that. You, out I, there. You know, it's like I get a kind of rush, you know, from doing it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And talk about keeping you sharp, right? Especially if you're teaching. Right. It. Hey, right. do your kids, right. what do your kids play? They must be doing something as far as musical instrument. My own children. Yes. Um, that's funny. The older one, who's now applying to college, um, the older one, she just started.
started playing the drums, mm-hmm. I think because she just wanted to, like, smash something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, she's going to hit And uh, she's really enjoying it. The younger one, who's a freshman, they are, um, they, I've created a monster. Uh, like, I didn't intend to, but, like, they play music all of the time. Wow. Um, and they have a band, and wow. the band, band is about to play their second gig. And wait, now, what do they play? What <laughs> um, instrument? They play piano, but they also play everything. Wow. Because, like, they, they started a jazz band um, back in the spring. They wanted to start a rock band, but they couldn't find people to start a rock band with, so they started a jazz band. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they're a piano. I mean, they play piano primarily, mm-hmm. um, but... Now they have a, now they're in this rock band and uh, and uh, they're playing guitar and, and they're just killing. What's it the name guitar. of the band so we can keep an eye out for when they play? <laughs> Come on! Well, they're they're fourteen years old. That's okay. Um, the band is the band is called Spilled Milk. Oh, I love it. Okay, Spilled Milk. Well, listen, Lee Falco was in the Chills when he was fourteen or younger. Right. Oh so well, that's also I swear Lee was probably fourteen or fifteen when I first met him because uh-huh. his running sound. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So at age, really, you know, um, this is just the start of it for spilled milk. So, yeah, I look forward to following right. up on that there. <laughs> um, Stephen Clare, um, talk to me. You're playing this weekend. You have a wonderful show happening, of course, at the Falcon on 11-11 with John yeah, John Brown opening. That. Yes, so you, yeah, you got yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you've got a full band coming there. Talk to me. Who's playing with you? This? This okay. Well, my out. So we've been playing a lot of shows um, this year with this new record, and it's been so fun. And and I'd say for the last five years, probably my main live um, thing is a trio mm-hmm. with Daria Grace on bass and Aaron Lattice on drums, and that's to me that's the Stephen Clare trio. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So that's what we will be for the awesome. Falcon. Awesome. Um, and, you know, it's just a, it's a well-oiled operation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I, I love it. I love it. I love playing with them. Um, we're actually, I just got back from the clubhouse. I know you must know Paul, obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we just set up, we're going to be recording all day tomorrow at the clubhouse in order, in an effort to try to capture this trio live. Wow. We're going to play live in a room, no overdubs. We're just going to play live in a room all day long and see what we get. Wow, wow. I used to always yeah. suggest that people like that, and I mentioned it to him years ago, to have an audience um, in a recording <laughs> studio like that. And I, I really, I mean that. That's so, that's so funny because I suggested that to him when we were booking this. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, I've, I've recorded on and off with Paul for the last 25 years, like mm-hmm. when he was still in Germantown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's like, well, you could, but you might not get a lot of work done. <laughs> uh-huh. But you would. I mean, so, you, 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 you know, you give the people that are invited the expectation of right. like, hey, you're watching a show. There's no talking. You know, there's, you know, <laughs> right. you, 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 you have rules and you say this right. is part of a live recording. But I've always thought that that's kind of cool. Larry and Teresa are coming out with, um, right. in February, a release that they recorded live at Levon's. And there's nothing yeah, better than cool. getting the energy of a crowd in with a recording studio. You know, I don't know. Right. Well, Just an idea. Our, maybe maybe that'll be our next step. Okay. <laughs> awesome. This actually, this we're doing this, this is kind of the product of like, I thought it'd be nice to do, but 
I've had a number of people at our shows this year say, have you ever made a live album? Uh-huh. And that's telling me something. It's like, oh, they're seeing us live, and it's it's an animal that doesn't exist on a record. Yeah. Um, so I want to try to get closer to you know, seeing if we can capture something. Okay, I will await my invitation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it might just be you. <laughs> I, I don't care. That's fine. Um, so you're also playing this Friday. Where's Parksville, New York? Right. Parksville is like an hour west of me, so it's like out what was Route Seventy. Oh, okay, yeah. I now that you, um, now I know so where it is. I go that way when I go visit. We have been Ithaca. playing for years now. We've been playing tons and tons of shows out in Sullivan County. Okay, you know, yeah. I didn't plan it. It was just like one town led to the next and to the next, and now we play in like Calicoon and Narrowsburg and Livingston Manor and Liberty and Roscoe and Parksville and. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's happening this yeah. Friday, the twenty eighth. Yeah, and then um, this is, sounds really cool—the Beacon Bonfire Festival. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I well, that, <laughs> I'll tell you what. So, so, so a handful of folks here in Beacon are putting together this. They're sort of like um, putting an umbrella over, like they're they solicit a whole bunch of venues and things that aren't necessarily venues to have them be venues uh, for the weekend. Um, and I think like a hundred acts at this point. Wow. Um, so there's like a hundred acts performing from Friday night through Saturday night, November 4th and 5th, um, in Beacon. Wow. And all sort, all sorts of hours in the day and the night. Is this um, at the park or where is this? And no, it's kind of up and down Main Street. Oh, no way. And, you know, in bars, restaurants, galleries, the old high school. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's, it's, I tell you, you know, I tell you, Rita, after having been the guy who like was putting on shows for a while, it's nice to not be that guy and just be one of the bands that's playing. I bet. Um, I bet. I remember yeah. you seeing you go crazy running around like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it was amazing. And you're also playing on the 5th of November, Cambridge, New York at Argyle Brewing. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that place is great. I've um, never been. That is that Sullivan County yeah. too? No, no, no. That's up north, up near Saratoga Springs. Oh, kind of. okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. 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 Nice. And nice. they they have shows in this old train depot. Oh wow! Awesome. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And then the big show at the Falcon on the eleventh of november right. and john john brown opening up that show and yeah. reservations can always be made at live at the falcon.com the beautiful thing for the falcon is there are no tickets to be sold reservation and it's all by donation so yeah. that's how they and do it works it. and it works it definitely works <laughs> it really, really works yeah absolutely yeah. um steven i'm gonna play some of your tracks of this new album to the trees and um okay. i look forward to your Let next ju- yeah please keep talking thank you yeah let me i just want to say to you i remember before you were doing this how important this was to you to to have a show you know to have your show and i just want to congratulate you Thank you. 300 plus shows in. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Means a lot, Stephen. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I remember it was part of your music video. That just hit me. Holy crap. You were in my music video. Yeah. Yeah. What album was that? (laughs) 
the album was called Love Makes This Weird, too. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. Wow, yeah. 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 Uh, we're there. You know, this whole music <laughs> community that we have here in the Hudson Valley is just... It doesn't get any better. It really doesn't. You can travel the whole world and there's great clubs everywhere. But I tell you what, what we have yeah. here in the Hudson Valley is truly unique. And it's it's such a rich culturally area of just music and the arts. And uh, thank you really for doing everything that you've always done to promote yeah. music. Yeah. And uh, b- bravo, congratulations on Be- Beacon Music Factory, your new release, the next one coming out, and uh, StephenClaire.com. You are the man. And uh, thank you for your time here today, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Rita. All right. I'll see you. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Now it's time to play some of Stephen Clare's music. To the Trees is the new release that came out in May. Let's take a listen to the track called Lousy Butterfly here on 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Joyous screams Coming from the parking lot The sky just opened up The heavens have a way Of sweeping us away It gives us something to talk about Most days I just hide out I hear people come and go Here I am but they don't know I'm locked inside with my piano Oh, that lousy butterfly You so much as blinking eye Don't act so surprised In that instant If it hadn't flapped its wings I might have rolled this piano Right outside Let my freak flag fly And we'd be singing in the rain Don't make me explain I want drop of rain Can change everything 